Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Charlie. And I'm Laura. This week, we are joined by Jay Schwartz, owner and operator of Andersonville's custom t-shirt store, Strange Cargo. Strange Cargo has been a premier location for custom t-shirts since 1983. Strange Cargo is known for their extensive selection of customizable t-shirt options, as well as their personable nature and sense of humor, commonly combining their custom t-shirt skills with a politically topical, irreverent humor, often showcased in their quintessential storefront window. Jay, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for joining us today. So, of course, the first thing I always ask when we start in is just having you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and in your case, how Strange Cargo came to be and came to be a staple of Andersonville. Well, I uh, started working at my father's pawn shop or my family's pawn shop at age five in Detroit. I was dusting shoes vacuuming, doing everything. I worked there many hours throughout my... I was pretty much raised in the pawn shop um, with my grandpa and my father, and it sort of lended me towards like always wanting to have my own business, my own retail store. Then I went to college. Then I took a... Oh, and in college, I had a really big experience. Um, I worked at this deli, Zingerman's. Have you guys ever heard of it? Everybody's Absolutely. heard of Zingerman's. And I was like there in year three, and I became really close with the owner. Worked there for two years, and it was a huge... It made a huge impression upon me. Like, they're the, if ever there was a business that walked the walk and talked the talk, it's them. I learned how to treat customers right there. I learned how to treat staff right there. I got yelled at a lot. Maybe <laughs> wasn't the best employee, but the one of the owners, Paul Saginaw, is just like a mentor to me. And he's really something else. And I learned a ton from him. Then following that, I took a huge detour in my life because I didn't know what to do after I got out of college. I was sort of a mess and went to law school. Yeah, just a lot of family pressure and not knowing what to do with myself. So I went to law school, got out and practiced. I went and swore I would never practice law. And a friend of mine, dear, dear friend of mine, still has this card that I signed. I.J. Schwartz will never practice law. And um, <laughs> I never did. And then following that, I moved to Chicago. And that was when I was 27. Yeah, when I was 27, I moved to Chicago. So the then you said you grew up working in the pawn shop. So this business ownership has been a family affair for a long time. Yes. My family owned the pawn shop for, I think, 75 years would be about right. And I loved it. Like, I loved dealing with customers. I loved the way my father and grandfather dealt with customers. They taught me a lot, like very indelible stuff, like that a poor person deserves the most respect because a doctor always gets respect and a poor person gets none stuff like that. I mean, just raised sort of oddly from all my peers because we lived in a suburb of Detroit. Yeah, and so that's sort of my ethos. Ethos, I guess it's ethos. <laughs> um, and then working at the deli sort of all combined it and brought it all together. What was the craziest thing, if you can remember, that someone came into pawn or was like sitting in the pawn <laughs> shop? Do you have any memories of, of objects in general? worthy pawn. A TV-worthy pawn, yeah, <laughs> hardcore pawn. Um, I guess it would have been like a saddle my father had, like a horse saddle. I mean, there was crazy stuff, but it wasn't like 
It was mostly just people needing money, like pawning their jewelry and pawning their TVs and pawning this or people coming in to buy stuff on the cheap. And um, a lot of characters, a lot of hustling, a lot of it was just great. It was like I thought it was an ideal childhood in a lot of ways working there. So did you pretty much then stay in the Detroit area, Ann Arbor area for college and I went to college and I started off college at Michigan State, then went to Ann Arbor, then transferred to Michigan. Then I went to Wayne State Law School in Detroit, lived in Detroit. I'm on Hamtramck, which is in Detroit. It's like a little city in a city. Then moved here. And what brought you to Chicago? I had a lot of friends and... I just felt like I needed a change. Did you have an idea of what you wanted to do here? Start a business. Yeah. I wanted to open a pawn shop originally. I moved in 92 and then in 93, we found out that Strange Cargo was for sale by the original owner, Connie Johnson, who started it in 83. That's why we have 40 years instead of 30 years of anniversary because we bought 10 years and I'm like, might as well use the 10 years. Gives it a little more heft. So we bought that, my brother and I, and we um, and we started off as a vintage clothing. It was a vintage clothing store. And, um, you know, we would travel around the country buying stuff and, you know, got pretty well known and it was pretty popular, I guess. And then in 2004, when we like there's this stuff called dead stock. I don't know if you know what dead stock is. It's like when you find old inventory. And so we got very good at finding old inventory. This is all pre-internet. So it was like much easier to do because you could go to an old store and say, hey, can I look in your basement? Can I do this? Can I, you know, and people be like, sure, buy the junk. I don't need it. Yeah. And you'd be like, wow, this is great. And pre-internet, nobody, it was just m- much different time. And then one day we were like, we should be doing iron on t-shirts. And so we looked it up and we looked in the yellow pages like you used to. And we found an old shop on 55th Street here in Chicago, 55th and Ashland. And it was boarded up. And the guy was like, yeah, you can come come look at it, buy it, whatever. And so we went down and we bought out all the contents of it. And it had all these transfers and T-shirts and letters and everything. And so we bought it. And that's how we got into the T-shirt business. So the you said we should start doing iron on shirts i mean was that something that you just an idea that came out of just a brainstorm was it something that you was like a retro thing from like this back when i was a kid like in the 70s you know and everything's on like a 20-year cycle so like vintage is 20 years old i I, that's my basic guesstimate of it yeah we learned that with uh emma from rare form a few a few episodes ago it was uh it was sad to learn that uh at 20 we all hit vintage status yes it's true it's like i look in what is a vintage store now and i'm like i couldn't do this because like i know nothing about it (laughs) so yeah so like we just sort of thought you know like oh we like we started thinking my brother and i we should start making our own t-shirts you know, what can we do? And then we're like, and then you would occasionally you'd go in a store and they'd have like a stack of transfers or something. The old ones, you know, like Charlie's Angels, all that kind of stuff. And we're like, well, let's see if we can get more into it. So we did. And then we got very good at it. Does that uh, and was it custom designs as much as possible from the beginning? No, no, we didn't know what we were doing. So we would just take like, you know, like there's a lot of transfers out there. Like it was huge at one point. So we were just put them up on the wall. Cause like, and then we had file like we do now. And, but there were all the older stuff like bands and 
cities and travel and art and drugs and all that stuff that we would just put up on the wall and people would just buy it. And then we would, then we started figuring out how to make them that, and then we started doing custom stuff. At what point did you see maybe your clientele start to embrace the custom t-shirt aspect of the, of the business uh, the most over say, just like coming in and shopping for vintage clothing? Well, they sort of go hand in hand. They complement each other very nicely. Like if you're buying a used pair of Levi's, you buy a t-shirt, you know, like, so that worked very well together. It's, and then at a certain point, because of our location, near Wrigley Field then, like, what do I care? Um, We found like a ton of bootleg Cubs transfers and we would make (laughs) those. And then, you know, like, oh my God, look how many of these we can sell. And so we then we were, we were doing a little bootlegging and this and that. And, um, but then it sort of overtook the vintage like five years after we did that. Yeah, like by 2010, it was all t-shirts because... And I mean, there's still clothes like and there's still clothes in the store today. Like there's leather jackets and there's work pants and Carhartt jackets and sweaters and stuff like that. But it's primarily T-shirts. And then we got very good at um, designing stuff for people and making, you know, people wanted custom lettering on their shirt. And there was no place in Chicago at the time that was doing one off T-shirts where like. Laura could come in and say, I'm the best mom on a shirt or whatever. Like there was nobody that was doing that. And so we ran it. We, you know, went into that niche. Laura, you do have that shirt, right? It, it also comes with an asterisk that says, really, I'm not on the back. So. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm curious to know, do you re- like recall what like the favorite or most popular best selling T-shirt was back when you first kind of launched the well? At the time, there was a company in Missouri, a transfer company that would make you old school beer logos. And they were like, we just bought the logo. You know, we bought the transfers and we didn't think they were bootleg. We didn't think anything. And it was like this company that was huge. And I was like, great, we'll take it. And so we sold like a ton of shirts that said Schlitz, PBR, this, that and all that. So that's what those used to sell very, very huge. Our our best selling shirt of all time, though, was designed by a guy, Ryland Thompson, who has done some good ones for us. And it's a corn cob that says, see you in your poop. <laughs> Do you still have that shirt? Can oh, I get that we, made? It, it's on the rack now. <laughs> I mean, it's always on the rack and it's never leaves the rack. And this was all uh, we're we're still talking at this point of when the store was near Wrigley Field when yes, it was yes, in. Yes, it was in Wrigleyville. So, and you made the uh, you made the move from Wrigleyville to Andersonville in 2018. In 2018, what was that like? What was it? Where and what um what sort of inspired the move? Well, they Obama had President Obama at the time had given 3.2 billion dollars or something crazy for this. CTA flyover and they had been talking about this flyover at Clark Sheffield and um, I forget the cross street Newport forever and that they were going to do this and that you were like yeah right you're going to do this you're going to do this and then all of a sudden like no they were doing this and I was like oh my god there's going to be five years of construction or so and it's still going on the construction yes, now it there is. for the flyover and I was like we have to move. And I was really sick of the neighborhood, the amount of 
like like the drunks from a Cubs game were just overwhelming. The stress level that the inebriated folks would cause was out of control. Like at one point, true story, like this is years ago, years ago, we had like a lingerie display. We found all this old lingerie in an old department store. And like, so we put it all in the window. It was a great display. And um, these drunk guys came in and went in the window, stole a mannequin out and started running down the street with it. And, and my least favorite form of behavior in life is, you'll have to excuse me, I'm drunk. Or you'll have to excuse him, he's drunk. So I was getting older and the flyover really, it was a very smart move at the time. I didn't think it was that smart, but it actually turned out to be very smart because the neighborhood has changed dramatically in five years. Mm -hmm. My patience for you know, drunk Wrigley Field goers, you know, was very, very limited when I lived in Wrigleyville. Like I did the, you know, the typical basic from the suburbs move first apartment in Wrigleyville. Right. But it is still out of control. I take the Metra home now. And even days after Cubs games, like there are like, you know, 40, 50 year old women like vomiting in the trash can <laughs> no. on the Metra. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, there was vomit in front of the store like once a month, I would say. And just, yeah, it was horrible. And I mean, it was good business in a way because, you know, you got like the Cubs business. And then, you know, which that's one of the problems of the neighborhood was like everybody's like, oh, the Cubs business must be so great. It must be so great. It was really only like 60 games a year. It was really good, even though there's 81 Cause like, or it was probably even less than that because you know you have weather and they stink and all that. So I mean, imagine it sounds like it wasn't worth the headache that it caused to. I mean, it's where we made our bones. I mean, it's like you know, yeah, it was great for twenty five years. I mean, you know, and then had a great landlord, the Mendozas. Everybody knew us, but the neighborhood was different, and then it started really changing. Did you have issues with because that's one of the things about Wrigleyville is every time I have friends or family come visit they want to go to a game and we walk around Wrigleyville and it's you can't walk five feet without having a Cubs swag store you have these specialty Cubs stores that are all over the place and I'm wondering if you obviously had a very different you know type of business model but was there difficulties in being in this location where you're surrounded by stores that are also offering some kind of clothing oh yeah I mean yes and no because we had different merchandise than everybody else. So people really liked coming to our store. Like you hear it a lot. Like, oh, I love coming here whenever I go to a game. So that was very nice. But yes, there was a lot more competition and it just got harder and harder to make a living there. And there just wasn't foot traffic anymore. And the way the Ricketts reconfigured everything, they just, and got, you know, as well they should, they bought the damn place. They want everything at Wrigley Field. Mm -hmm. They don't want anybody going south of Addison. So how's it been being in Andersonville versus Wrigley Field or Wrigleyville at this point? You've been mm -hmm. here for a few years now, so. Been here for five and a half years. Um, no drunks. It's really, <laughs> it's really a pleasure not having to deal with inebriated people. And it's a very nice community and it's everybody's super nice. It can be a little precious at times, but other than that, it's pretty great. I mean, it's just everybody's super supportive and everybody's happy we're here and people are respectful and yeah, it's really nice. It's wonderful. 
Well, I know we were overjoyed to have you join us. You took over a beloved space presence. I'm, yes. I'm wearing today my presence overalls, uh, <laughs> an homage to this podcast. Um, you know, and so I think that, you know, I know that there had been, you know, rumors at the time, you know, presence was going to close and what was going to go in there. And at one point it was almost a mattress store. And so, you know, we were thrilled to kind of have you in the space and it kind of maintained the same integrity. You didn't have to do kind of too much to to make it your own. But what was that that transition process like? Oh, it was great. That store is the most perfect store I could ever hope to move in. It was it's so much better than the old physical space. Um, we have this giant basement. Uh, the landlord, Barbara Boba, big shout out to Barbara Boba. She's an amazing landlord. Please make sure she hears this. Um, no, we'll, send it to, we'll send it to, I'll send an email directly to her. No, Barbara's an amazing, amazing landlord. She was super helpful during COVID. I can't thank her enough. And it's just a, it's a perfect space for what we do. It's absolutely perfect. So um, there was already slat wall, there were dressing rooms, there was a small office. I mean, it's just, it was perfect. Yeah. And it's not fancy, which we are certainly not fancy. So, of course, the talking point of Strange Cargo is the custom t-shirts, but you're also filled to the brim with the most fun and hilarious, like, accoutrement from pillows to socks to calendars, pins, magnets, you know, uh, my mom would say tchotchkes. It's tchotchkes her, is yeah, a perfect, it's her favorite crap, thing. as we like to call it. <laughs> All the crap you don't need is what we advertise. Or strange cargo. Yeah, um, exactly. But how do you go about curating the store? Because, I mean, you have so much, and there, I have to say, the humor is just on point. It's And, you know, I imagine you, do you seek out products specifically? that that you know uh represents that sort of humor that personality that strange cargo has well part of it is after watching the jackass movies which i adore <laughs> is that you like you realize like the lower you go the more you sell and like we're not your mom's gift shop like we're just you know my mom loves your shop by well, the way i know your mother's wonderful but you know what i mean it's, for, it's just where you know like we're not yeah, it's just being irreverent, sarcastic. I don't know all the right words and my vocabulary is getting more limited as I get older. And then, you know, we, we, we never pass up a good buy. We're constantly look. I mean, because of the Internet, you can look all over for like anything. And like if there's a good buy, we'll never pass that up. I think we try to have very fair prices in our store. And yeah, it's just like a secret sauce of like listening to the staff who knows, like without the staff, I'm nothing. Like I'm absolutely nothing without my staff. They make me. Like if I make them better, they make me better. And that's my whole goal. And they like be like, Jay, we, we need to buy this. Jay, we need to do this. Or I'll be like, pick out 10 things and they'll be like, boom, 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 boom. And you know, I just trust them implicitly. I mean, I, I have ultimate um, veto power, but you know, and. And we always got to try like that's that's part of what we do is we try everything because like you never know. Like and I, I can't give you an exact. Yeah, like these clam barrettes, like one person was like, oh, I don't know if those are too formal for us. I'm like, just try them. <laughs> and so sure enough, clam barrettes are selling. <laughs> and so um, we just try everything. Speaking of just the irreverence and the humor of the store, you know, 
I think everyone's familiar with Strange Cargo's windows. And there's some of my favorite. For the good and the bad. For the good and the bad. But there's some of my favorite windows in the entire city. And, you know, you can't really walk by without getting a good laugh or a chuckle. And I'm curious where your inspiration for a lot of those shirts come from. Because those are all custom shirts that you make. Yes, yes. They're mostly custom shirts we make. Sometimes we will find a meme or two off the internet. I'm like, that's so good. We need to make that a shirt. Like, you know, I drank a Bud Light and now I'm a bottom. Um, <laughs> so, we have a good picture of that one. <laughs> so, you know, like stuff like that. Like, I mean, that's really good. And like, you know, like it's funny. Like, I mean, you know, everybody's like, you know, like when you're when you're too old to say, oh, that's gross or whatever, you know, then don't get up in the morning or whatever. If you can't, don't think farts are funny. We're not the store for you. And then. So we just sort of come up and like I, like I said, I have a super creative staff. I mean, our most notorious window was our last year's Christmas window, but that was in response to the neighborhood being upset because of our Clarence Thomas shirts, which we were selling for $10 each. And then it sort of went viral on TikTok. And then we sold a ton and we gave $5 from each of the $10 that we sold to the Chicago Abortion Fund in honor of Ginny and Clarence Thomas. And then, so we did all that. And then people were complaining, oh, you should really take those shirts out. Then kids, think about the children, the children. And then we we're like, okay, you want it? Like, and then finally somebody called up and said, you should really make a Christmas window. I was like, I'll give you a Christmas window. And that's when we made our notorious window with all the dirty words and all that. And then people were complaining about that and whatever. It's sort of fun. I mean, you know, you know, you get off a little on being a pain in the ass. I can't deny that. But yeah, so where we get the inspiration? Everywhere. Yeah, that, you know, real, or it's not a real because it's a TikTok. Yeah. There we go. Showing, we showing don't, my I don't age, even know anymore. Right? Um, but yeah, that TikTok uh, post had a ton of views and we were so excited for you to have that kind of exposure on that platform. Yeah. No, that was great. And I mean, we don't know how to do it. And I'm too old to figure it out for sure. And I don't, you know, how to, I mean, I have Anissa, this woman who works there now is 16. And she's like our brand ambassador. She's I mean, like, we don't know what we're doing on Instagram, but we get it done. Which is funny because you have a really good Instagram. So <laughs> it's true. And I think, you know, we appreciate you so much because we, you know, we can't ever get too political at the chamber. So we kind of live vicariously through your musings. Thank you. Um, so, you know, we can we can uh, we can say that we're big fans. We but, are. I mean, I'm curious, do you I have a favorite shirt, but do you have a favorite shirt that's been in the window recently? Oh, that's been in the window? Or it doesn't have to have been in the window. What's the what's one of your favorite shirts that you've made? You know, I don't have a favorite shirt, but I have, and this is going to be totally counterintuitive. And it's just the way the store is. There's this guy who comes in, Mr. Fox News, I call him. And he's older guy and he makes all these shirts that say, I love Fox News. You want the real news? Listen to Fox News. And he's totally serious. <laughs> he's totally serious. And we get along so well. Like we get along perfectly. He's like courteous. He's not rude. He's not like one of these customers that comes in and says, like, that's to, to answer your question. That would be my like, 
nice people that make funny shirts or nice shirts are my favorite shirts. So, I don't have a favorite shirt. No, yeah, but but, but I'm sorry, I, I went off on a tangent. No, you're good because part of it is that you're you know people are coming in and requesting custom shirts, and you're you're getting to see their personality and connect with them on the shirt that they want made. I mean, right. It's it's you know someone's you know people I'm sure come in and get the shirts that you have made already, but anyone you know I have a friend who used to live here doesn't anymore, and every time he comes into town, he gets three shirts from Strange Cargo and he has these ideas that he's written down over time and it's just you can he can fit his personality on a shirt right and that's what's really nice and i that's what i like i mean yeah there's outrageous shirts all the time i mean and you know as long as somebody can make fun of themselves and be self-deprecating and not take themselves too seriously it's all really good i think that's a key of it is learning you like you said uh you know things change as we get older but i will say i think i've discovered that if farts are not funny for the rest of my life then i've become a boring person exactly um, yeah but uh and then you know like mr fox news like he deserves respect and should get a shirt made just as much as anybody else yeah, like i don't yeah. agree with him but he's like the <laughs> nicest guy and he and he's not like these customers that come in and like you know give you a half i need the shirt in a half hour you know where are you going that you need your shirt in a uh, half hour. It's unbelievable. Just, I have a party to go to. I just had this amazing idea. Now you have to. I did have I did have that on Halloween last year. Very last minute. I I, I had a shirt made. It was when they were throwing soup all over the artwork. And uh, I had a shirt made that said, stop wasting soup. So you you were able to, to get that shirt out in about an hour for me. I didn't ask for it in an hour. But whoever I was working with said, oh, yeah, of course, that won't take me long. Come back in an hour. I'll have it ready for you. No, yeah. we can do it. It's not a it's not problem, preferable. but it's like my brother used to have the best line. Like St. Patrick's Day used to be a huge, huge holiday for us. Like we would sell 5,000 shirts in a month, like crazy for us. And it would be the day before thing, St. Patrick's Day. And somebody would always come in the store at four o'clock and complain that we had nothing left. Like after we just had like crazy day. And my brother would look at them and say, you had 364 days to get here. <laughs> like, it's true. You did. You did. You're right. So anyways. You had mentioned we always kind of end up talking about this on the podcast. And I always end up commenting about how we always end up talking about this in the podcast. But, you know, you had mentioned your, your landlord being very helpful during COVID. And you moved to Andersonville very shortly before that all happened. And so I, I'm always curious because we talk to people some, from, so, from so many different industries and different businesses. How did it affect you? Uh, how did you have to change? And then how did you see, did you find, you know, in terms of the response from the neighborhood and, or, and the community and just your clientele, people being supportive of, of still shopping with you during that time? I mean, the neighborhood is super supportive here. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, everybody is great. We also... I mean, we shut down for quite a while and we took a really long time to open back up. Like we weren't open right away. Everybody was very supportive. And yeah, I mean, this year is the first year we're sort of back to 2019 numbers. Yeah. It's taken that long to get back. 2019 was a great year. And this year is finally like on track to be as good as that. Because you do a lot of printing for sports teams and We do all a of lot that, of stuff for so. CPS, for volleyball, for bars, theaters, all this stuff. We do a ton of group order business that, you know, we lost. Like CPS, like we went down to like 
zero almost. And if it, honestly, I mean, I don't like to give the Trump administration any credit for anything, but the PPP really helped us. And those that used it properly, it really helped. And then the state gave out these tremendous grants that were super helpful and they're still giving them out, you know, and that's been, that was an enormous help. Like I think the government, government works, you know, like it's a good thing, government. I hope Mr. Fox News isn't listening. <laughs> I hope not. I love that guy. You come in and say, Jay, I, I heard you on a podcast the other day and I feel like we have some things to talk about. <laughs> Sometimes we have people talk about the positive things that came out of their COVID experiences and how it changed their business. And besides I'm wondering, a positive COVID test. Besides a positive COVID test. That's that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. But uh, I mean, did COVID provide you any sort of inspiration on, you know, new humor for the store or things to uh, we talk about being self-deprecating in a in a in a fun, good way? Right. Um, I mean, it seems like y- you have an opportunity to take that that unfortunate situation, turn it on its head and help people laugh about it after. N- no, I, I what happened for me with COVID is I realized how important it is for people to be with people and how important people want to have an experience with live people. And if anything, I've completely ratcheted up and we've completely ratcheted up everybody there. Our customer service are, I mean, yeah, when a customer comes in and pisses us off, they piss us off. But like people just want to be with people. And We try to make the most inviting store we can for everybody. I mean, I know we have our political leanings, but like I said, there's always, I've made many a fuck Brandon shirt, you know, because they deserve to have a shirt made. I mean, you know, as long as you don't, not saying anything offensive, homophobic, racist, whatever, we'll make you the shirt, you know, you're allowed your political views or whatever, but we just want it to be open for everybody so that everybody feels welcome. And it's like, I mean, I know this sounds coming from me. This sounds very corny, but it's their happy place. Yeah. And people always the most endearing thing to me is people. They say this is my happy store or this is, you know, the greatest store or just, you know, and when you hear that, it's really very sweet. And that's what COVID kind of drove that home for me that like people want to sit in a coffee shop and if they're on their computer, but there's other people around, they just need that energy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Strange Cargo definitely has that energy. I feel like you can't walk in there and not find something that makes you laugh or you can connect with no matter who you are. You know, there's there's so much in the store that could speak to anyone. That's very kind and sweet of you to say. Thank you. So we're when are we airing this? We're airing this 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 week, right? Yeah, uh, Dan's going to Dan's going to pop this one out. Yeah. So of course, that was a that's a big one. Um, (laughs) So, yes, you mentioned uh, Strange Cargo is 40 this year. It's 40 this year, um, yes. And uh, you, I know, are having a, your anniversary party this week. Yes, um, Saturday, 12 to 4. Saturday, 12 to 4. So how are you celebrating? How uh, What is this? How is uh, Strange Cargo throw an anniversary party? Well, it's going to be a gala. No, we are having popcorn, snow cones, or shaved ice, I guess, with adult additives. We are having balloon animals and a magician and a DJ. And um, it's I think it's going to be sort of big. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not really quite sure. I'm very nervous because I've never thrown anything like this in my life. Like I've had a few bar mitzvahs for kids, but eh, that was sort of like, you know, you just follow the playbook. And this is this is the biggest friends are coming in from all over the country 
for this, which is super sweet and makes me almost cry every time I think about it. Yeah, it's that's what's that's what we're doing. We're going to give away some T-shirts and some stickers. Should be a party. There's something for everybody. We were going to have a bowl of gummies, but we decided if a child took one, it wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> Depends on the child, I guess. Depends on the child. It might be a good thing for Depends the parent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, but I mean, you're excited for it. It I'm sounds like very, you're excited very for excited it. for it, but yeah. very, very nervous. <laughs> Um, are you still going to be open for regular business? Oh, during I'm, the, I can't okay. lose a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot lose a Saturday. So pe- everyone is invited to come and of course, walk around the store and explore everything and, uh, but bring your own gummies. Yes, uh, no, very gummies. good. Um, but, uh, well, that's wonderful. I mean, we're, you know, we love to see small businesses that have been around for so long, continue to flourish and then celebrate them doing so. That's really sweet. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, without small businesses, and small restaurants and independent businesses, there's nothing. I mean, all these buildings that go up now, they just want professional retail. Like they want a dentist office or a mortgage office or a doctor's office. And they just don't add anything to the community. Laser hair removal. Laser hair <laughs> removal. Right. And you can't fault. I mean, in some ways you can't fault the landlord. You know, they got to rent the space. I mean, they. I mean, if they have a mortgage on their building, they got to pay their mortgage. So I don't fault. But I mean, it's really... You know, like small business is it. Like that's what people love. I mean, like people loved, loved going to the, when I was a kid, going on St. Mark Street in New York and like going in and out of all the small businesses or like, you know, that's just it. And that's what I was raised doing. And it really, you can make a difference in a community as a small business and a small restaurant or a small anything. I mean, we we talked uh, a little bit before we started recording. You and I were sort of just gabbing and, you know, I mentioned the process of buying a car and how it seems like no matter where you go, there's no small business aspect of that. It feels impersonal. And I think that's one of the things with small business. And one of the things that I do love about Andersonville is when you go into a small business, you're also it's it's the you know, you say service, but I almost don't even like referring to it as service because it just feels like one person having a conversation with another person, you know, the employees don't feel like they're, they're frustrated and, uh, and, you know, they don't want to be there. They're there, they're having fun. They want to talk to you and they want to, I mean, they want to help you at strange cargo, make the funniest shirt that you are the best shirt that you would ask. You could ask for too. I'm sure everybody walking in thinks they're like the most hilarious person. Like, <laughs> right. There's that. Or I often get, get this, get, get the shirt that I want, but you've never heard this before. Yeah. Well, there's so many, people go like this is really bad and then you're like i've heard it all but um you know like as we say we make your t-shirt dreams come true you know like yeah i mean but small business is great like i i love them i mean when i go on a vacation i last thing i want to do is go shop but um i think they're super important to community i think every community needs them Jay, you touched on having, you know, having mentors in your life to our listeners out there that, you know, maybe budding entrepreneurs. What advice do you have for for those folks? I just make mistakes. I mean, that's the one thing that school doesn't teach anybody. And that's one thing I really push at the store is that like in school, you get an A, B, C, D, you get into a college or you don't. Everything is like black or white. And it's not that way. Like, when you've got to try and you've got to try hard and you've got to keep trying 
and you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm quoting Nelson Mandela. Like you don't judge a person by how many times they fall and you judge a person by how many times they've gotten up. And like, I make mistakes every day. I luckily I make more good choices than bad choices <laughs> at this point. But that's the thing is like, you have to be able to make mistakes and it does take some money to make mistakes in business that's part of the problem when you're on a super tight budget you you feel like everything is so important but and then it's just being nice to people and your staff like you're not you know like if you treat people well though it comes back at you and that's super important and it's a lot of hard work yeah Well, what do you see as the future of Strange Cargo? Where do you kind of go from here after Saturday's anniversary party? Cece said that question would be coming. Um, (laughs) I just want to continue to have people have fun in the store. Like I'm getting to the point I'll be 60 in a year and a half or so. And I just want people to have fun. Like, I just want them to come in. I want to make money. Clearly, we're there to make some money. I want to do social good which we try to do as much as we can. We donate a lot of shirts. We give a lot to the Chicago abortion fund and to, I never say it right. And I apologize to the person who runs at my block, my neighborhood, my city. My block, my hood, my city. I my think. block, my hood, my city. I never get it right. But they're fantastic. They're That's wonderful. A fantastic That's a wonderful organization. And we give a lot of, well, we give you know money to them and we try to do as much like direct social good as we can by not just giving money, but by doing actual things. And you even mentioned this earlier, what your parents did, what your grandparents did. And I know you said you're, you had this, uh, your family had this pawn shop for, uh, you said 75 years. Yeah, 75 was, years. Was In- this a, like, uh, I mean, started, was this passed down through the family? Oh, yeah. No, no. My grandfather came over from Russia. He was a tailor, slept on a dirt floor. And then he eventually, he, I mean, nobody probably worked harder in his life than my grandpa. I'm going to cry. And then he started buying buildings. Like he, he like saved up enough money to buy buildings. And then eventually he started selling used pants. Like people would, he would sell used pants and use this and use that. And then he got a pawn license because, you know, it just all sort of evolved that way. And so my father, when he was like 15, like just worked there his whole life till he was 75. So your father was first generation. My first generation. My family's as old school as it could get. Yeah. At this point. And then my grandfather worked every day till he was 90 or 92. But my father did most of it and my grandfather died when i was 25 whatever so it was just like this family thing like every morning we get up my father wakes me up at 6 30 in the summer every summer like you get up at 6 not every i mean i went to summer camp i had a very good child and i'm not saying i worked all the time but like when you get up you get up at 6 30 fall asleep in the car drive to pick your grandpa up go to the bakery to get the day old baked goods because you're not buying the fresh ones they're too expensive drive down pick up a cup of coffee, start vacuuming, sweeping, dusting, cleaning things and opening the door at 9 a.m. And then you stay open till 5 p.m. And you're just the craziest cast of characters 
ever and just listening to my father banter and my grandpa banter all day was like heaven to me. I don't know why it was either. Like, I just loved it. And then Detroit, as you know, or it was like when, when I was going down, when I was in Detroit all the time, it was pretty tough, you know? I mean, it's come back a ton. I haven't been there in a bit. But yeah, it was just heaven for yeah. me. I always, my dad was born in Michigan, kind of grew up outside of Detroit. His dad started his own business. They owned a, a painting company called Austin Painters. Right. And But my dad, my grandpa didn't think my dad had what it took. So he sold the business instead of passing <laughs> right. it down. But I have such fond memories of Detroit as a kid. I was a Tigers fan growing up. And yeah. Like my dad's store was a block east of Tiger Stadium. So like we would always, you know, curse out the Cub, the Tigers fan. It was the same thing. Drunk Tigers fans. Like, you know, so. Between Cubs and Tigers, who was who was worse? Oh, Cubs. <laughs> Cubs. My, well, there wasn't a lot of like bars around Tiger Stadium at the time. There was a few, not like, you know, Wrigleyville, which is just geared towards entertainment. And God bless those bars. Like they're trying to make a living. You said that you're, um, and I know you had mentioned in terms of keeping it in the family, you and your brother purchased Strange Cargo. Right. Um, and then is your brother still a part of it now? No, he retired five and a half years ago. Like right when we moved, he was like, this is a good time. I've had enough. Um, but it still feels, does the source still feel very much like a family affair? With my family, with my immediate family, it yeah. does. Like, you know, Cece, my wife, of 27 years, I don't know, 27 years, she'll call three, four times a day sometimes or no times a day or my kids come in or they work the store and they have to work. Like everybody knows they have to work. Like when I say I need you to work, they work. And that's great. It's wonderful. I don't know if any of them will take it over or pass down. You know, that's all sort of real estate issues at that point. Yeah, <laughs> which is everyone's favorite thing yes. right now, especially. So, Jay, well, you know, it's been a pleasure talking with you. You are obviously Strange Cargo is an Andersonville mainstay and a gem, and uh, you're very much a part of the community. Um, before we we close out here, can you do you want to tell us a little bit more, one, about um, just uh, where people can find you um, in terms of uh, the physical store? But also I know you can do online orders, so your website and everything. Um, but then also just a reminder of the party this weekend sure um we're at 5216 north clark street we're closed tuesdays um but you can order online with us at strangecargo.com our website's okay it's not the greatest but you can order on it but it's it's everything you need it's it's all you need to to make for a custom shirt for, yeah for t-shirts you can do anything but the gifts items and all the tchotchkes and all the crap are not on there and the parties this weekend, 12 to 4. Please come by, get some popcorn, watch a magic trick, add some adult additives to your snow cones. Whatever you want, we'll be there. So folks are hearing this on, on Wednesday this week. So start Wednesday when you listen to the episode. Start thinking of what T-shirt you want to have printed um, because they will be open for business. Yeah. Uh, I got to think about what we want to get. I probably have like 40 or so strange cargo T-shirts. We just... Every time we have an idea in the in There's Andersonville, special fortieth anniversary ones that are going to be given away. Oh well, there you go. There we go. Well, Jay, thank you again. It's been All a pleasure right. talking with you. Thank you guys so much. You guys are the best. Really, the chamber is so helpful. Such an integral part of the neighborhood. 
I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And then, yeah, once again, strangecargo.com. Or uh, if you want to look on Instagram, uh, strangecargochicago. And thank you very much, Jay. We'll see you this weekend at the anniversary party. 